Now Jesus, too, was invited to the marriage. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. After the First World War, the Austro-Hungarian Emperor, Blessed Charles von Habsburg, was dethroned and exiled to the island of Madeira. Impoverished and suffering, the Freemasons came to tempt him. We will give you back your crown and your wealth, they said, if you give us control over marriage laws and the education of youth. Knowing that these godless men would use their positions to attack the foundations of society and pave a path to eternal destruction for his fellow countrymen, the emperor rejected their offer. He would rather die in exile, which he did soon at the age of 35, than cooperate with their infernal agenda. Blessed Charles knew the importance of marriage, both as the basis for all civilization and as a means by which men and women reach their final end, God and heaven. In this time after Epiphany, the Gospel lessons manifest the divinity and mission of our blessed Lord. Christ came to this world to save us, to save us by making us holy through imparting to us sanctifying grace. That grace that he merited for us on the cross that grace which is a participation of the divine life. This grace comes to us primarily through the sacraments, and in today's Gospel, the ancient fathers have seen the anticipation of Christ elevating marriage to the level of a sacrament. At this wedding feast, our Lord performed his first miracle. The newlyweds had run out of wine for their marriage banquet. Our Lady besought her son to help them in their embarrassment. He told the servers to bring him six jars of water. The number six is important. It is the same as the days of creation and signify the order of nature. He then transforms the water into wine, a better and more noble drink. This miracle foreshadows that our Lord would elevate marriage from the natural order to the supernatural order. In his encyclical Casti Canubi, a document all married couples or those planning to enter marriage should read, Pius XI says, How great is the dignity of chaste wedlock, may be judged best from this, that Christ our Lord, Son of the Eternal Father, having assumed the nature of fallen man, not only with his loving desire of encompassing the redemption of our race, ordained it in an especial manner as the principle and foundation of domestic society and therefore of all human relations, but also raised it to the rank of a true and great sacrament of the new law, restored it to the original purity of its divine institution, and accordingly entrusted all its discipline and care to his spouse, the Church. What was the original purity of marriage, we only need to read Genesis to know. It was established by God, the same who gave us all the laws of nature. In the beginning, God created man into his own image. To the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. It is indissoluble. Once entered upon, it endures until death. And Adam said, this now is bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh. Wherefore a man shall leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be two in one flesh. 
Its primary purpose is the bearing and raising of children. And God blessed them, saying, Increase and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it. Its secondary purpose is the mutual aid of spouses. But for Adam there was not found a helper like himself. Then the Lord God cast a deep sleep upon Adam, and when he was fast asleep he took one of his ribs and filled up a flesh for it. And the Lord God built the rib which he took from Adam into woman and brought her to Adam. When Christ elevated marriage to a sacrament, he did not change its natural qualities, but gave it a supernatural quality by which it sanctifies spouses. No longer is it concerned only with the things of this earth, but now also with the things of heaven. Spouses not only increase in grace when they accomplish their marital duties, but they also receive divine help to live well their union as husband and wife, to persevere through difficult times, to remain faithful to each other despite temptations, to sacrifice themselves for each other. For that is what true love is, means and entails sacrifice, to want what's good for the other like we would want it for ourselves. And when we deny ourselves a good to ourselves for the sake of another, we know that truly it is because of love. The graces given to the married are all the more important in our days, infected with fake science and that revolution it caused in the 60s. The devastation has been plentiful, and we can see it with our own eyes. Homes now broken, children often aborted, our neighbor objectified for base pleasure. Violations against the Sixth Commandment has cast so many souls into hell and are now, and are now leading so many more to that place of eternal misery. The graces of the sacrament of matrimony are all the more important for the salvation of married couples to help them to avoid these pitfalls to, that lead to such catastrophes. For those thinking about getting married, Live chastely now. It will help you make a saner choice of whom you will marry. Keep in mind the purposes of marriage, which I mentioned earlier, and ask yourself, am I ready for this? Is my intended ready for this? For couples now married, pray together daily. Ask for those graces that you have a right to by that sacrament of matrimony you entered into many years ago and also strive to intensify your friendship with each other, to spend time together, to bond together, to nurture that friendship that you have between husband and wife, already in the natural plane, so as to be supported also with that supernatural grace. And of course, with intensifying that friendship, it means also to want for the other what is good and to express it often. Call down upon yourselves the graces that come from this sublime sacrament. And we should always think about the sublimity of this sacrament. It's not something purely banal. It's usually when things are banal that we look at it more as something that we have to endure as opposed to something that we have to take or that we can take a joy in. But when you think about how Christ established this sacrament making it so that in the heart of the family with the union of husband and wife, that's the foundation of the family, that there's a sacrament that imparts sanctifying grace and merits to increase their glory in heaven. 
and to raise it up towards heavenly thoughts, well then we see that it truly is sublime. The angels rejoice each time that a soul welcomes into itself sanctifying grace for the first time, as our Lord says, that the conversion of one sinner, all of heaven rejoices. And also heaven rejoices and the angels are glad when they see us increase in that sanctifying grace, when we ele are elevated all the more higher in the ranks of heaven and in the eyes of God by that participation of the divine life, which is sanctifying grace. So remember the supernatural reality of your commitment in marriage to one another and say as did blessed Charles to his wife Zena, now we must help each other to get to heaven. And so strive through that union that Christ has risen to a sac the level of a sacrament to help each other reach heaven and eternal life. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.